0: Good morning and welcome to Bowen Springs Baptist Church as we are celebrating the second Sunday of Advent and no pun intended but what a joy it is to be in the house of the Lord this morning. We are glad you're here. Um, Glad to have some, some visitors with us today. If you're a visitor or a guest with us today. We uh, want to welcome you and want to invite you to the welcome table after worship. We do have a gift for you and your family. We would appreciate you picking that up at the end of service. do want to say welcome home to Bonnie Dowdy, who is home. um, And we're glad, yes. So again, it is a joy to be able to worship together this morning. I want to ask you to take your bulletin and look on the back. Well, actually, let's let's grab the um, the inside piece. We will be having a luncheon this afternoon for our widow and widower's um, remembrance lunch. We're glad to be able to host that for you, so we invite you to stay following worship for a, a nice meal. The staff will be uh, serving that this afternoon for you. This evening, we'll be treated by our children's choirs, and they've been working hard to present their Christmas music at 6 o'clock this evening. So. We want to invite you to come back and be a part of of that worship service as well. Then you'll see the list of opportunities on the back of the bulletin. Uh, This week is our annual Broughton Supper, our Broughton Christmas dinner on Wednesday. And I still need a few host families. That's a great opportunity for you to show a hospitality to a Broughton patient on Wednesday evening. So sign up outside my office door, text or call me and let me know that you'd be willing to do that. would be great. We're asking the church to come and bring a covered dish and share together as we fellowship with uh, the Broughton patients and staff that they will be bringing. They'll be bringing somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 to 15 patients and some staff with them, so that should give us an idea how many will be here. do want to uh, make note of next Sunday will be our um, adult Christmas cantata that morning, Hope Arriving. So we we'll want to invite you to come back next Sunday morning for that. And there is a special opportunity to serve on December the 19th. We'll be ringing the bell at Ingalls here in Bowen Springs from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. And we have many spots left to ring a bell, ring the bell for an hour. So see me and I can sign you up for that. And that is a, a wonderful opportunity to serve. Let's continue to worship this morning. Mention a word of welcome also to Alan Newcomb and his wife Mary, and Alan will be coming and sharing his testimony in just a little bit, but be much in prayer for him and his wife this morning as we will be voting on him as a prospective youth minister. Look to your call to worship. You'll be reading the bold print. How shall we prepare for the coming of the Lord?
1: With hearts filled with love and peace.
0: How shall we prepare for the coming of Christ?
1: With prayers filled with adoration and devotion.
0: How shall we prepare for the coming of our Savior?
1: With songs filled with joy and love.
0: How shall we prepare for the coming of the Son of God? With worship filled with passion and spirit. Come. Let us worship.
2: Today we relight the candle of hope, and we light the candle of joy on the Advent wreath. As the coming of Jesus, our Savior, draws near, our joy builds with our anticipation of his birth. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Luke 2, 8-11 Hear God's promise of joy from Psalms 28. Praise be to the Lord, for He has heard my cry for mercy. For the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and I am helped. My heart leaps for joy, and I will give thanks to him in song. From the New Testament, the words of Paul to the people of the church at Galatia. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22 24.
3: Please stand as we sing hymn number 76, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. <laughs> Number 78.
4: Thank you, Roger, Linda, and orchestra this morning. Uh, before Alan Newcomb comes, our prospective uh, youth minister candidate this morning, I want to say just a few words about him and this process. Uh, Doug will be making a recommendation during the call business conference uh, just a brief time after the service today, or immediately following the service today for a brief conference. But uh, a few months back, well, let me start back a several months ago. We started looking through several resumes. Uh, on behalf of this youth ministry candidate and uh, we were drawn to one that uh, had already moved to uh, another place or another calling and uh, we pursued a couple other names that we felt led to pursue and one of those names was Alan Newcomb and uh, we have enjoyed these conversations with him. One of the things that attracted us very much to Alan was the fact that he very specifically feels called to youth ministry we talked to a lot of candidates who were, uh, you know, just talking about they would just like to serve in church and children or youth or different ways. But Alan says, you know what, I feel called to youth ministry. And as a pastor, that's what I was looking for. We were specifically looking for uh, someone called to work with their youth and to love our kids and to, to help them grow in their faith. We've enjoyed numerous conversations with Alan, both with personnel, with youth parents, with the youth and uh, with the staff as well and each time we have met with him we have only further confirmation that we are moving in the right direction. Uh, The first thing that you will notice about Allen is that he is young. He will acknowledge that. Um, Those who know him acknowledge that. However uh, those who have spoken well of him speak of his maturity as we have already seen and been witness to that as well. We have uh, checked with several references both with Gardner-Webb, professors who know him well And uh, also with a couple individuals and youth parents where he is currently serving in Cherryville. And uh, everyone has had glowing recommendations to say about him. We've also talked with uh, his former minister there at his home church in Ardmore, uh, which is there in Winston-Salem, a church very similar to uh, Boiling Springs there in Winston-Salem. But after conversations with the personnel, with youth parents and and the youth, I'm excited about the possibility of Alan serving uh, as the minister of youth here at Boiling Springs Baptist. And we'll be happy to answer. I know Doug and I will be in the conference today, happy to answer any conversations or concerns you may have. But Alan, please come and share a brief word with us this morning.
5: Good morning. I want to first say thank you very much for allowing me to have the opportunity to to come here this this morning at Boiling Springs Baptist. My wife, Mary, is here with me this morning. She is sitting up front. Uh, just a, a brief bit about our our ministry. We are currently uh, serving in Cherryville or Churivel, if any of you are from Cherryville. Uh, we are we are currently serving there, and uh, we have been there for a little under two years now, uh, as working in the in the youth ministry there, and uh, we we have loved it there. But we, we are very excited about the the possibility and the potential uh, of being able to to come to Boiling Springs. We had the opportunity to meet some of the youth uh, this past Wednesday night and then also again this morning. And we have enjoyed being able to, to spend a little bit of time with them that, that we've been able to spend with them. And we look forward to, to being able to spend more time with them in, in the future. Um, just to, to let you know a little bit about who I am and a little bit about where I've come from, I am currently a senior at Gardner-Webb University. Uh, my plan is to graduate in the spring, assuming all goes well. And my plan is to graduate with a degree in youth discipleship studies with a, a minor in sociology. And so my plan is to uh, graduate this spring. My wife graduated uh, this past summer, and so she is she's currently working as a nanny uh, for a little girl in Kings Mountain. Um, and so we are, we are just very excited uh, about this opportunity. Uh, we've been married for almost a year. We'll be, have been married a year on the 18th of December, and so that's coming up, and uh, we're just very glad to, to to be here at Boiling Springs. Uh, I do want to mention, as as Keith said, just a, a little bit about my passion for youth ministry, specifically youth ministry. Uh, when I was in the youth group myself at, at Ardmore Baptist Church, I grew up in in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, about two hours away from here. And while I was a youth in the youth group there, I, I felt God calling me very clearly. To, to go into the ministry in a church, and specifically to go into a ministry with young people. Uh, spent some time uh, working with the children's minister at Ardmore, um, and then also uh, working in the youth ministry there, and then have been working in youth ministry for the last uh, almost two years now. Uh, it's something that I am very passionate about, something that I love doing. Uh, as Keith said, the first thing you may notice is that I am young, uh, and while that may be a a red flag to some, uh, that is something that, that, that I believe is, is used to my advantage. Uh, it's something that I'm not very far removed from some of these youth, just a few years older than, than many of them, but I think that that gives me the, uh, the opportunity and the, the ability to relate to them well, uh, to know kind of the same struggles and stages of life that they may be going through with school and homework and uh, just young life and so. Uh, very, very encouraged by that, and very encouraged to be here this morning. I uh, just want to give you a, a, a bit of word about our future that's ahead of us. Me and my wife Mary are, are currently both looking into the possibility of seminary. Following uh, my time of, of graduation in the spring, we plan to to stay here and and, and go to Gardner Webb, and so we are excited about that. Uh, just want to say thank you again to you all as the congregation, to, to Keith and to Wesley and all of the staff, and uh, they, they've been very welcoming to me and to Mary in these last few weeks that we've been in conversation, and I uh, was able to, to share a meal with them this week, and I just want to say thank you to you all as a congregation for considering me for, for this youth ministry position. Thank you to the youth for, for being willing to, to listen to me and, and put up with me and put up with us, and Again, I just want to say how excited we are to be here at at Boiling Springs Baptist Church and that we we very much look forward to the possibility of serving here. Thank you.
4: Well, thank you, Alan. Um, One of the funny things he shared Wednesday night is he told the youth, he said, I'm going to tell you three things. Two are true and one is not. And I'm going to repeat this if you don't mind, Alan. He said, I played basketball in high school. I'm a cyclist. Isn't that what he said? He said cyclist and I have... I hope you don't mind me sharing that the the type 1 diabetes is what you said and he said one of those is is not true and the first one they guessed was the youth basketball <laughs> was the basketball and he said no that is true he did play basketball <laughs> he did play basketball in high school and so we had we had that in common but um uh, he had just a, a wonderful way of kind of introducing himself to the youth this last Wednesday. And, and thank you, uh, Alan and Mary, for being here and sharing briefly this morning. I do want to uh, mention a few things before I lead us in a time of prayer this morning. First of all, a word of praise. We had 200 in Sunday school this morning. I think that's uh, worthy of a round of applause. Um, Let's, let's see if we can average around 200 or more. That would be great in Sunday school. But we have wonderful teachers. If you are here this morning and have not plugged into Sunday school, I want to encourage you to do that. We have a variety, and I mean variety of classes that adults can plug into and youth and children. So uh, I want to encourage you to consider that in the coming months. Also, uh, just to praise a wonderful evening the last two nights here with Joe Webb and his crew uh, helping us in raising families. Uh, financial means, and uh, in bringing in canned goods for our food pantry. But just a wonderful evening. We raised a little over $2,000 these last two nights. So Joe, thank you, and all of those, and Linda, and Matt Whitfield, and all those who helped decorate. And if I'm missing someone, I apologize because I probably am. But we had many here helping and serving in some ways. And so just a wonderful ministry, uh, the food pantry is, and we were able to, to help that great ministry. And so we're very much appreciative of that. Also, we, as Wesley said earlier, we welcome back Bonnie Dowdy as she has uh, been in South Africa for the last 17, 18 years and is now here uh, with us here in Bowling Springs. Uh, she will be seeing family and doing some traveling over these next uh, few weeks. But uh, Bonnie, we welcome you here this morning and uh, we're glad that you're, you're with us. Let's be in prayer this morning as we enter into this time for Martha Green, who is in Charlotte, who has had some procedures this last week. Also, Ken Daves is uh, home, was supposed to come home on Friday, and we praise the Lord for that. You may have other concerns that are on your heart and your mind this morning. And in the midst of the hustle and bustle of this season, let us spend just a moment in silence, and I will lead us in our prayer this morning. Let's pray together. Father, we're so grateful for all the many activities and ministries and music and opportunities to serve, to worship, to grow together here at Boiling Springs Baptist Lord, as we are said, we're thankful for our Sunday school, we're thankful for uh, the talent that we have within our congregation, Uh, Lord, uh, to do many different things, whether it's uh, serving in our orchestra, singing in our choir, leading Sunday school. Father, you have gifted each of us in different ways, and Lord, for that we are grateful tonight. Father, we're thankful for our food pantry, and Lord, what uh, what it uh, does to serve the needs of those here within our community. We ask for your blessings on those who work with it, and we're so grateful for those resources that have come in over these last few days. Father, we ask this morning that you would prepare our hearts if, if they have not come in in that way this morning. Maybe they've come in distracted or uh, just trying to, to simply get here and get the family here. But Father, we pray now that you would still our hearts and our minds. Father, help us to have a sense of renewed focus upon you, upon the word, the message that you would have to speak to us this morning. We're so grateful for your Son, Jesus Christ, and it is for him that we come this morning. It is uh, to bring him glory and to bring him honor. And Father, we pray that uh, the power of your Holy Spirit would speak to each of us this day. We do lift up those who are struggling this season. We pray for those who may be in the hospital this day, for Martha, Lord, for Ken as he continues to uh, recover, and Lord, for others who just need that special touch from you today. Father, we pray that they would feel your presence and would feel your love. Father, for those who are struggling with family, uh, relationships, uh, or issues with friends this morning, Father, we pray for your peace and we pray for wisdom and knowledge in those relationships. Father, we thank you for this church family. We're thankful for what you're doing here in our midst. And Father, what you're not only going to do for the rest of this Advent season, but Lord, as we look to 2016, we're excited. We're excited about uh, what you're doing here, the relationships that are being formed and the possibility for ministry. Lord, we love you. We commit this time to you this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.
3: If you've already turned to page 96 in your hymnal, You'll notice that the title of the song listed in the bulletin is a little different from the title that's in the hymnal. Um, We're going to sing, Good Christian Friends Rejoice, this morning, instead of Good Christian Men Rejoice. And there's an interesting story behind this hymn that will help explain um, why we're going to make that change. Heinrich Suso was born in the year 1295. He was a German man born into the noble class who gave up wealth and social position in order to serve the poor as a Dominican monk. He later was exiled and persecuted by the church because he dared to insist that the gospel was for everyone, the poor, the simple, the common people, not just for noblemen, clerics, and academics. One night, he had a dream in which he saw angels dancing and singing. When he woke up he remembered the angel's song and he immediately wrote it down. The song was radical for its time not only because of its message um, but because the joyous and lively nature of the tune was very different from the somber sacred music of the day. As we sing hymn number 96, I invite you to make one change to the lyrics in the spirit of Heinrich Suso's radical message That the gospel is for everyone, all genders, all ages, all classes, all ethnicities. Let's sing together, Good Christian Friends Rejoice. Hymn number 96, please stand.
6: Me in prayer, please. Heavenly Father, we come to you in prayer this morning to worship you and to thank you for who you are and for what you mean to us. During this special season, Father, our minds wander back to the time when you gave your Son to us, the greatest gift ever given to mankind. As we enjoy our celebrations of the birth of your Son, Help us to remember that the most meaningful way we can express our thankfulness to you is by giving you our hearts, our lives, our time, our energy, and our tithes and offerings. Father, may we trust you more, love you with all of our hearts, and join you in being generous people, as we give to and serve you and your church. In the name of Jesus, we offer our prayer.
7: to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. The oath he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we be delivered from the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you child will be called the prophet of the most high for you will be will go before the Lord to prepare his ways to give knowledge of salvation to his to his people
4: Orchestra and uh, Sherry for leading us in worship. You know, uh, I think the tradition of singing at Christmas is as old as Christmas itself. What I have found to be true is that those who may not sing often during the year find themselves with a the song on their lips during the Christmas season. Those who rarely say, oh, "No, I don't sing, no, I don't sing. I would I would say if your family members say that if there's any time of the year where you hear them singing it may be at Christmas time and so the special carols and the songs that we sing um, have deep meaning and um, Roger and Linda thank you for the selections that you have given us uh, this Advent two questions I have for you this morning in a minute I want you to respond to these by the uplifted hand as the ministers used to say but um, two two categories could be in the room this morning those who think you know Christmas music should be played well in advance of Thanksgiving or in advance of Thanksgiving, and those who only think Christmas music should start at Thanksgiving. So, let's see hands for Christmas music before Thanksgiving. All right, we got some. How many, okay, Christmas music after Thanksgiving. Okay, all right, that seems to be the overwhelming, uh, overwhelming thing this morning. And how many of you would be okay with Christmas music all year long? Okay, all right. Um, I'm sure that on satellite radio now that you can find Christmas uh, music on, uh, I think there's stations that play that all year long. But uh, I enjoy all the Christmas carols. I really do. I, the ones uh, that we hear on the radios and, and the radio, though we, those that we sing here at church as well. And I hope you will allow me a moment to um, to digress, but also uh, actually enjoy the Grinch theme song. It's true. You know, I think of the, um, uh, the lyrics there. At one point, uh, we have some fun singing it. When we hear in our car, it says... Uh, it, it, it says, uh, your heart is, is full of unwatched socks. Your soul is full of gunk. Mr. Grinch, the three words that best describe you are as follows, and I quote, stink, stank, stunk. Um, I just, it, it's a fun song to sing. And when it comes on, I mean, you know, we, we have all this holiday cheer and, and, and this, these, these good, peaceful songs and beautiful songs and carols. And then there comes the Grinch. And it seems like maybe there's, there's a Grinch somewhere around during this time of the year, unfortunately. But my hope is that, as your pastor, that we reflect more Christ-likeness than Grinch-likeness uh, this season. As we can often be tempted to get caught up in the hustle and bustle of things and lose the very meaning of this season. The very first Christmas carols are found in the Gospel of Luke. One of those carols was read this morning. Thank you, Willie, for doing that. But are found in Luke 1 and 2 and are often referred to with Latin names. And let me remind you of these. Zachariah's hymn, who, which we are, our focus is today, is referred to as the Benedictus. As the Benedictus. Mary has a song of praise or a hymn to the Lord, and it's referred to as the Magnificat in Luke 1. Simeon has a song of salvation in Luke 2, which is known as the this is the lesser-known Latin name, but the Nunc Dimitas. And then we have the angels' hallelujah chorus which is often referred to as Gloria in Excelsis, a very popular Christmas song. But today I want us to do something that the station VH1 on TV calls behind the music. We've talked about carols, okay? We've talked about the fact that uh, Zachariah, we've, we are looking at his today, but I want us to go behind the music and behind the artist and the life of, of uh, Zacharias. There's been 400 years of silence. Uh, there's a remnant that has been Awaiting and expecting word of the Messiah, but yet things have been silent. In Luke 1, beginning at verse 5, I'm going to backtrack here, and and again, let's kind of go behind the music this morning, behind Zechariah's hymn here that Willie read, and kind of peer into uh, what transpired or took place before he had this hymn of celebration. But back in Luke 1, 5, I'm going to walk through... The story of Zacharias. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. He had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. Zacharias and Elizabeth sound like the perfect couple. If the Messiah was going to come through a faithful Jewish family, why not this family? Zacharias was a faithful priest. The scripture refers to them as being blameless and righteous in the sight of God, walking uh, blamelessly in the commandments and the requirements of the Lord. Uh, Elizabeth being a daughter of Aaron, the priest. So she's a PK, a priest kid. And, and, and uh, Zacharias is the priest. So if there was a family for the Messiah to be born, why not this family? Verse 7 of Luke 1. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both advanced in years. If we want to think about Zacharias, maybe he was beginning to get his senior discount, I don't know. But in verse 8, it happened that while he was performing his priestly service before God in the appointed order of his division, according to the custom of the priestly office, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. My understanding is this was a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for a priest. Very honored moment for Zacharias to be doing this in the temple. The whole multitude of the people were in prayer outside at that hour of incense offering. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the altar. The side of of power. Standing to the right of the altar. Zacharias was troubled when he saw the angel, and the fear gripped him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will give him the name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. Skipping down to verse 17 of Luke 1. It is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children. Verse 18, Zechariah said to the angel, How will I know this for certain? Does God ever speak to us? Maybe it's not in the way that he has spoken to Zacharias, but we kind of feel the Lord leading and we're kind of like, How do I really know that you want me to do this? Zechariah asked this question of the Lord, for I'm, he says, "For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years." The angel answered and said to him, and not just any angel, but the same angel that visited Mary. The angel Gabriel says, "I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God. I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. Behold, you shall be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place, because you did not believe my words." which will be fulfilled in their proper time. Skipping down to verse 24 in Luke 1. After these days, Elizabeth, his wife, became pregnant, and she kept herself in seclusion for five months. Some today may wonder, was the, you know, was the miracle Elizabeth having a baby or a preacher staying silent for nine months? Um... <laughs> Skipping over to uh, Luke 1, beginning at verse 57, the story of Zacharias as we go behind the music, behind his song here in Luke. Verse 57, the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and her relatives heard that the Lord had displayed his great mercy toward her, and they were rejoicing with her. It happened that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to call Zacharias after his father. But his mother answered and said, No, indeed, but he shall be called... John. Now, this was breaking away from what many would do at the time. There was no one in the family named John. And they said in verse 61, but they said to her, there is no one among your relatives who's called by that name. And they made sign to his father as to what he wanted to be called. He asked for an iPad. No, it does say tablet. It does say, I don't know if he was a Mac or PC, but he says, he asked for a tablet and wrote as follows. His name is John. And they were all astonished. And at once his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed, and he began to speak in praise of God. His first words, after being silent for nine months, were not directed to his wife, were not directed to maybe a pain that he's been having or other issues. But after being silent for nine months, it says he began to speak in praise of God. We pick this up here in verse 67. It introduces his Zechariah's prophecy. It says, And his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, And the words that Willie had read earlier, we begin with, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited us and accomplished redemption for his people. After looking at these verses of his um, uh, song of praise, of his carol, if you will, uh, we, we begin with two major themes. The first being, praise to God for his plan of redemption and salvation. In verse 68, again, it says he accomplished redemption for his people. In verse 69 of Luke 1, it says, he has raised up a horn of salvation. Now, for a horn of an ox, again, was a symbol of power. Uh, he had raised up a horn of salvation in the house of David, his servant. In verse 71, it speaks of being rescued, or it says in my translation, salvation from our enemies. In verse 77 later in the hymn it says by the forgiveness it says to give to his people the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. This praise to God also had a purpose. If you look down in 74 and 75 of chapter 1 to grant to us that we being rescued from the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear. When we begin to, to worship God, when we begin to exalt Him, when we begin to grow in our relationship with the Lord, service is something that naturally comes from that. We've talked a lot about that recently with our ministry fair, and as we look to 2016 and, and have our congregation have everyone have a place of service. But it says, to grant us that we being rescued from the hand of our enemies might serve Him without fear. So there was purpose in Zechariah's life and the life of John the Baptist. The second theme in this hymn is that of John being a prophet of God. In verse 76, we read that um, uh, it says, a new child will be called the prophet of the Most High. The latter part of this uh, verse reads that you will go before the Lord to prepare His ways, speaking of John the Baptist. And again, verse 77, he will preach forgiveness and that um, he will... Excuse me, verse 77, to give his people the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God with which the sunrise from on high will visit us. And it speaks of the coming of the Christ uh, to shine upon those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Looking at Zechariah's hymn of praise and thinking of his son, John the Baptist, and the significance of his birth, John 129, the Gospel of John, summarizes John's life and ministry. The next day when John saw Jesus coming toward him, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Some thoughts from this hymn today that has spoken to me this morning. They're no in particular order, but just some thoughts that have have come to my mind. Uh, Zacharias was clear in his song that John the Baptist had come to prepare the way of the Lord. Parents. Just like Zacharias played a part in helping prepare the way for Jesus with the raising of John the Baptist, he was okay with his son taking second place to Jesus. Wesley and others often wear a bracelet. I've seen some of our men that says, I am second. We think about the story of John the Baptist. He came and he was okay and his family was okay with him taking second place to Jesus. Parents, let's train our kids to be servants. Let's raise our kids with the understanding that life is not all about them. Parents, may we put Christ first in our own lives and train up children to do the same. This life is not about me. John the Baptist said in John 3.30, He must increase, but I must decrease. Colossians 1.18. love this passage of Scripture. Paul is writing to the church in Colossae. He said, he is also head of the body of the church, speaking of Christ. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place, preeminence in everything. It's easy to get sidetracked. It's easy to get consumed with those things and make uh, our culture and make our world about our comforts and about the things that are most pleasing to us. We, like John the Baptist, have a role to play in helping prepare the way for people to hear about Jesus. Zacharias knew the calling that was placed on John the Baptist's life. John knew it was all about Jesus and not about him. We also have a role to play in preparing our children so they can prepare the way for people to hear about Jesus. Parents with children, we need to remind ourselves we have those in our homes who watch and who listen to what we say And sometimes what we don't say when we need to say something. How are we preparing the way for our children to hear and respond to Jesus? It's always great, children, at Christmas time. Last Sunday night for the Hanging of the Green was an absolutely beautiful piece between the children and the adult choir. I'm excited for the children that are here today, this morning, who will be sharing tonight. Exciting for those children for this opportunity. I would encourage you to come back and join us for that this evening at 6 o'clock. But let me ask all of those in this place today who have influence on the lives of young people, whether children or youth, how are we preparing the way for them to hear and respond to Jesus? Church, how are we preparing the way for others to hear and to respond to Jesus? His message of love, forgiveness, and salvation is offered to all and must be shared with all. Are you preparing your own heart to hear His voice this Christmas season? His voice may just be heard in one of the familiar Christmas carols that we sing each year, but his voice is certainly heard in the songs and the carols that are found within Luke 1 and Luke 2. It may be uh, a new hymn, a new carol, or it may be an old carol, but are we preparing ourselves to hear his message in the midst of that? I love all the carols. I think of joy to the world as we think about the word prepare and John the Baptist as he comes to prepare the way. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let the earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. I think of the hymn that we just sang this morning. Good Christian, as we called it, friends rejoice. The last verse of this says, Good Christian friends rejoice with heart and soul and voice. Now ye heed not fear the grave. Jesus Christ was born to save. He calls you one and calls you all to gain his everlasting hall. Christ was born to save. Christ was born to save. Zacharias knew this when he said in verse 68, He has visited us and accomplished redemption for his people. Throughout your life, others have prepared the way for you to hear and to respond to the good news found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. The good news found in this book that Jesus saves. How are we preparing our hearts to hear his voice this Christmas season? And how must we prepare the environments in our homes, in our communities, in our places of work so that others may hear his voice this Christmas season? Father, we thank you for the carols. We thank you for the songs that we sing. Lord, those that are familiar and Many of those that are maybe new to us, we're thankful for the, the carol, the hymn of Zechariah and his uh, hymn of praise and hymn of uh, forth about uh, John the Baptist and, uh, Lord, his preparation uh, for, the, for the true Messiah. Father, we thank you for your word. We're thankful that it gives us direction, that it speaks to our hearts as no other book, as no other word can. Father, we pray that you would continue to prepare our hearts And, Father, that we would not only make preparations, but, Father, we would truly hear from you, not only this day, but in the coming days of this Christmas season. Father, thank you that you are speaking to your people. And, Lord, help us to be attentive to what you would have to teach us. And, Lord, remind us that we are also creating and preparing environments for others to hear your voice as well. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're here today and the voice of the Lord has spoken to you and maybe it's about church membership or maybe there's another need or concern in your heart this morning, we would invite you to come. The altar is open to pray. Uh, but let's stand and sing and let the Lord lead us as we sing. Number
3: 121, Thou didst leave thy throne.